that would just be, you know, just we might as well just give up now if, if I get that wrong. Well, can we actually? Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the music podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So come on, come on, come on, come on. Track by track and party. Because on the turntable this week, we've got Take That with I, I, I. I, I, I? Don't you mean three? Oh, it's three. Sitting there. Uh, so this is our second Take That episode. Uh, Dan, you're a huge fan. I'm a big Take That fan, long time Take That fan. They're the first band I remember getting into when I used to watch the uh, recorded VHSs from their tours uh, that I think were played on Channel 4 around Christmas time. Uh, and since then, yeah, it's been a big, big, big fan. And Dan, can you explain to our listeners exactly why they uh, juice your oranges? <laughs> um, well, I think it's just... I think what... Um, <clears throat> you can't. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think what separates them, certainly from other boy bands, but actually from a lot of other pop bands, is that, of course, they write the tracks themselves. Uh, certainly, since they've come back, they've all contributed to the songwriting. Also, uh, they are all great singers. And again, we'll see that on this album because we've, we've as we'll mention, we'll, we've whittled down the numbers but we're still sharing out the vocals, which is lovely. Yeah, so it's not just Gary and Mark singing. Howard gets a couple of couple of shots. That's great. I was always I always liked Howard's voice. It was very soulful. Yeah, and of course he did the lead vocal on Never Forget, which is one of their biggest hits. But yes, it's weird. I don't think he's had a, a lead vocal on a single since then. Uh, but he, he does say actually, I've seen on a couple of interviews, he does say he prefers doing the harmonies and working out the harmonies and actually taking the lead vocal himself. And this was an interesting point in their career, wasn't it? Because this is only from six years ago. Uh, and it doesn't feel like... Well, I think actually for me, it feels like much old, much a much older album. But it's not really, is it? No. So yeah, like you said, it's six years ago. We're talking about it this week because these days the lead single uh, was released six years ago, three days ago or something like that. But yeah, I think because a lot has happened since then, Gary Barlow's just announced a new solo album. They did a massive Greatest Hits project a couple of years ago. There's another album in between that and this one called Wonderland. So I think because they've always kept busy, always had other tours and things like that. And now we're just used to them as a three-piece, aren't we? We are. I wonder if they're ever going to come back as a four or five. I think five is a long shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... For anyone who doesn't know, this album is Gary, Mark and Howard because well, the one that came before this, Progress, was all five back together for the first time since the 90s. Then Robbie didn't return, which I don't think was a real surprise, was it, Will? I still get the feeling like we might he might go back again. I think it's definitely the door is ajar for him. Definitely. And and I think, yeah, that would, would be fantastic. But yeah, so Robbie didn't come back after after Progress. And then quite shockingly, Jason didn't come back. He just decided that he'd had enough of the limelight. And I remember, I think that was announced in September 2014. 
And then three months later, we had this single and album. So I think actually they were, I think they knew for a, for a while or for the best part of the year that actually Jason wasn't going to be involved anymore, but they, they kept the door open for as long as they possibly could until the announcement was made. So they went from a five piece to a three piece, which, you know, bands lose members and certainly, you know, pop bands lose members, but to lose two between albums, that's quite a big deal, isn't it? Apparently Jason was okay with it and was very happy for them to carry on with the album that they were planning on with with three. So just a word about Take That if you don't know who they are. Uh, it's like when we talk about the Spice Girls, isn't it? It's like, do we really need to explain? But we will. Yeah. So can Take you, can That. You do it in three words? Uh, Manchester Boy Band. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will go into a bit more detail. So Take That were formed all the way back in 1990. Uh, in Manchester, Gary, Howard, Mark, Jason and Robbie originally. They had much success as a five. They've had much success as a four. They continue to have success as a three. Uh, and also solo success. I think, you know, Mark, Gary and Robbie. Uh, Robbie particularly, also Gary and uh, almost as much so Mark as solo artists. Uh, and this album is from 19... No, not from 19. This album is Ooh. from 2014. Dan, why are we talking about it today? Uh, yeah, as we just said, it's, it turned six very soon. And the single, the lead single these days has just turned six years old. So we've had a lot of 40-year anniversaries, 10-year anniversaries, 20-year anniversaries. This one's a little bit more... Um, it's not so obvious, but we wanted to talk about it. Yes, you, you certainly did. Uh, so mm -hmm. here we are. Uh, so lots to talk about today as we go into three in some detail. This was uh, their seventh studio album, their first since Progress, which was from... 2010. Right! Do, 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 do. Uh, and is uh, Gary, Mark and Howard on here. So it was a big hit album. Uh, and Dan, there's much to talk about when you look at some of the uh, uh, people that were involved as well. Yeah, definitely. Because Progress was just the five lads and our hero, Stuart Price, and was a fantastic piece of work. Uh, and for I don't know the reason behind it, but yeah, they decided with this album, they were going to have lots of different songwriters and producers. And yeah, as we're going through the album, we'll see how successful that was. Should we get stuck in? Yes, let's do it. So side one, track one, it's These Days. So that was These Days, of course, the lead single from the album as well. Will, do you remember hearing this for the first time? I remember how surprised at how good I was at it about. <laughs> Rearrange those words into a sentence. <laughs> uh, I was surprised how good it was. Uh, not being, I'm, I like Take That. I'm not as big a fan as you. And I was really impressed with this track when I first heard it. Likewise. And I think for a lot of people, myself included, it was a massive sigh of relief. A massive sigh of relief because 
progress was just absolutely huge. It broke records. The tour was huge. Uh, the lead single, The Flood, I think is one of my favorite songs. Uh, certainly favorite take that, take that song ever. Probably one of my favorite songs ever. Um, and then for them to come back with two fewer members, you know, wasn't sure how that was going to work out. But I think this this is fantastic. It's it's a nice change in sound as well. Real got real funk to it, hasn't it? A real kind of eighties polish as well. And I'm not surprised uh, based on who's behind it. But I'll let you say that in a second. This is a real hero track. Like a really, if ever there was a definition of what's a lead single from an album, uh, it's this. I think it's just it's polished. It's catchy. It's a big song, isn't it? It is. And it's also, it's really fun as well. I think with Progress and with The Flood, the certainly in terms of like the songwriting, they were talking about their own experiences and their own memories. And uh, with this, it is, it's just a great, fun song. It's almost instantly a wedding family favourite. Uh, I imagine. I don't think I've actually heard it at a wedding, but it, I think it would set the dance floor on fire. Well, it's no YMCA, but I get you what you, I get your meaning there. Uh, this was a number one single, unsurprisingly, because it sounds like a hit record. It sounds like a number one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, you hinted at uh, who is behind this record. So all tracks are co-written by the three members of the band. And then on this one, you've got Jamie Norton and Ben Mark. They previously worked with Take That on tracks including The Garden and Giants, which came from the next album. And they also worked with Mark Owen uh, on his single, solo single, Stars, which is very good if you've not heard it. And it was produced by a name that we mention a lot on this podcast, Mr. Greg Kirsten. Uh, he is the purveyor of some real pop masterpieces, if you think about who he's worked with over the years. Uh, what, a great, uh, what a great combination together. Definitely. And talking about great combinations, one of the things I really like about this that you don't often get on a Take That song is how the three lads are singing in unison almost throughout it. Very, very Bananarama, actually. Oh, well done getting a Bananarama reference into take, into take that episode. I do like to ram one in every now and again. So I, so I read on the uh, gents' toilet wall in the, uh, in the uh, track-by-track offices. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just the whole message of going to live for these days and, and embracing now. Uh, it's a great positive message. It's, it's one that's never irrelevant isn't it and this is the sort of really upbeat bright track that we could do with at the moment isn't it and you you do really feel lifted when you hear it and for the sake of the listeners there will did even though we're recording remotely still because of current guidelines i can see through the magic of facetime that he's lifting his arms as he says he's lifted. elevated by the sound of it mm. i have to say actually i've been playing this album a lot leading up to this recording and it does make me feel very happy. Now, track two now, Dan. And this is what you said that day. We had all that paparazzi outside our offices wanting the big <laughs> track by track exclusive uh, gossip about who's coming up next. <laughs> Let in the sun. <laughs> Sun. 
Will, I have to say congratulations because when you said, when you start a little skit before the song and you talked about letting in the sun, I thought it was going to be some crude story about, I don't know, the boy from the chip shop and his dad or something like that. But uh, <laughs> you kept it safe and that's lovely. I'm trying to be a bit less predictable. Oh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Won't last for long. So that also, was... Oh. can I just say, never going to let the sun in um, because of that awful Dan Wooten character. Oh, God, he's just the worst, isn't he? He's just... He feeds off people's misery. He's the worst kind of person. Speaking of feed, Dan, I've got to mention what you said to me while that track was just playing. <laughs> oh, God, you can said, we not? <laughs> you said, oh, I'm out of breath. I think it just might be because I've eaten too much. So, <laughs> listeners, Dan... Uh, Dan eats so much, he makes himself uh, exhausted. Okay, let's, let's uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm going to keep this in. Let's let's tell the truth. Listeners, the minute I'm having to self-isolate, not because I've got COVID, but because uh, for another reason I've got to self-isolate, just because I'm a nuisance to the local area. Um, and so all I've got to do really is work, apparently, and eat. So I've just been, you know, enjoying a few snacks here and there, but I, it is a bit of, it's become a bit of a marathon. It's just endless. And you like having a few drinks as well. You were saying you'd had some, uh, quite a few shandies in your hand. Or was that how was that what you, how you said it? Uh, oh, hand shandies. No, sh- oh, is that what is that what you said? Oh, maybe we've got our wires crossed a bit there. I think oh, we have. Yeah. Anyway, let's you're talk a good, about the You're song. having a good time, whatever. Yes. Yeah, so this You've got song, to enjoy yourself. Second single, uh, and again, it sounds. Uh, you could imagine this is this is real stadium pop. We're listening to, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And they do that really well because, of course, since they've come back, it, a lot of what they do has been about the big shows, hasn't it? And they've done some amazing tours. So it must be, you know, when they go in to make an album, they must have to write for for the stadium, or, as you say, or for the arena rather than just. They can't, it can't all be very minimal ballads. That just wouldn't work. But this is this is huge. It's a huge sound. But I think it's it's still a great blend. A bit like these days, it's a great blend of the organic with the guitars and the piano, the fantastic harmonies, and then the big dance beats as well. And it does sound a little bit, with, to, the, to the organic uh, piece that it speaks to, a little bit Mumford and Sonsy. Yes, in fact, I think it was likened to a cross between them and Calvin Harris. What a lovely combination. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm not a massive Mumford and Fun, Mumford and Fun. Mumford and Sons fan. They've done some all right stuff. But yeah, this uh, that combination with Take That singing it, great. And Dan's in, Dan, in terms of, there were a lot of people involved in this track. Who was uh, doing it? So along, as I said last time, along with all three lads, you had Gary Go. Do you remember Gary Go, Will? Yes. Gary th- Go. <laughs> 2009 is when his debut album came out. I remember getting that. I remember buying that from the iTunes store. It's weird how that sounds like a really old thing now. Um, But he was, um, at the time, Lady Gaga said that he was her new favourite artist and he has since worked with the likes of Robbie, Kylie, Benny Benassi and has composed for film. And then you've also got Electric, uh, not Electronic. Um, Electric are Henrik Barman McKelson and Edvard Fjord Ariford and they have worked with Jess Glynn on I'll Be There, with Little Mix on Shout Out to My Ex and Black Magic, and also, Will, it's produced by Stuart Price. 
Welcome back to Track by Track, Stuart Price. Oh, it's been a while. Where, where's he been? He's been he's been in lockdown. He's been holed up in his uh, recording studio. Oh, I wonder what he's working on in there. Love to have a peek, wouldn't you? Oh, God, let's go through those archives. A, lo- a little leer through his curtains. Oh, not leer, that mm. sounds a bit creepy, actually. A, a, little, a, a little, little bit. A little poke around his... Uh, no, no, that's not that too good either. A little rummage through his... Uh, anyway. Well, even that's a bit... Yeah, <laughs> you get the idea. Just uh, yeah. a, a very innocent um, uh, browse around. A bit like on Come Dine With Me when they go through people's knicker drawers. Oh, that's brilliant as well. And you don't need the excuse. You'll just do that when you go into anyone else's house. Well, people, you quite often say make yourself at home. So when I'm at home, I go through my knicker drawer. You know? I, I remember when I went round to your house one time and there were a pair of my own underwear drying on your uh, uh, era. I had a little accident at yours and I didn't want to cause a, cause a, you know, cause a scene. So I thought I'd just pop into your bed, bedroom, get something out. I didn't realise at the time that they were crotchless either. And, and just borrow them. I thought, I thought you weren't mine. Well, they weren't crotchless when, I, when they were mine, so I don't know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're moving on now. Track number three. Uh, if you want it. So if you want it there, and I'll just put it out right from the off wheel, this one was co-written and produced by Greg Kirsten. Uh, it's a very, it's a different sound to these days. It's much more, there's a lot more, you can hear the instruments in there a lot more. The piano, the drums, the guitar. Quite a chunky piano, I thought. Yeah, very chunky piano. Like a baby grand. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I think it's got a real playfulness to it as well uh, right from the start with the synth effect it's almost like a toy box or something like that and that goes quite well with the lyrics that are you know quite simple quite repetitive if you want it you can have it but yeah like you said different but still very upbeat as well still just a little bit of euphoria in there just the title as well reminds me of the fast show you know the suits you did she want it did she want it sir and then it makes me think of the royal family when it's uh <laughs> Anthony's birthday. Of course he wants it. It's his birthday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. and and I think, like I said, even though it's a little bit more simplistic, a little bit more minimalistic, uh, it's still uplifting. And I imagine that you know they came into this album with two fewer members. It could have been quite easy to kind of reflect on that, to dwell in it, to write a lot of ballads. And I like that they've just come back with positivity. We're on track three now. It's still very upbeat, very uplifting. Is it going to continue? Well, yeah, well, almost even stronger, some might say, they've come back. But, Dan, that's a great question. Is it going to continue? Should we find out? Let's find out, Will. Let's find out together as we listen to track four, Love Life.
So that was Love Length uh, with uh, Mark lo- Owen on... What? Love Life, Will. That's Love Life. I, so I don't know where my mind was. I dread to think what you was looking at while that song was playing. Uh, Mark Owen on lead vocals in that track there. And I love, I love it again. Track four, really uplifting. This one is the same, same writers as these days, but this one is produced by Stuart Price. And I think just, I love how through this album, there's different writers and producers mixing together uh, with Gary, Howard and Mark. And, and, you know, this is a great success. It's, I sound like Borat. Great success. Uh, a great B. I really like Mark Owen's vocal. Even like a really tiny thing, like the title Love Life is all one word, but it's actually saying, do you love life? There's a lot to love about this. And Dan, I have to draw another Mumford and Sons comparison there. I think even more so than the first time I said that. Well, actually, well, I'd love to draw a comparison. Um, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but that kind of country twang with a bit of a dance beat made me think of Dragonette from a few weeks ago. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say Rednecks. Where did you come from? Where did you go? And if we're lucky... You'll never hear them on <laughs> Track by Track. <laughs> I love the lyrically on this one as well. Lyrically. The line of, some say we came out of the sea long time ago, it's true. I just love the fact that Take That are questioning evolution. And I think at this point in their career, they probably could do, actually. Yeah. I would certainly, you know, if they did a documentary on evolution and questioned what we believe to be true, I'd watch that and I'd think about it. Maybe there's a, another career there for one of the band. Maybe uh, maybe something Howard could do. Yeah. While Mark's doing his solo albums and Gary's doing his solo albums. But did you know Howard recorded a solo album after they first broke up in 96? It's never seen the light of day. I'd love to... Uh, this Deja Vu, did we do... Did we mention this on the first episode of Take, Take That that we did? We probably did, actually. Because then, didn't we talk about... Oh, no, he co-wrote a song for Kavanagh didn't he, that we talked about in Kavanagh's tweet along. Oh, hi, Cav. Hi, Cav, if you're listening. Hi, Cav. How's you? (laughs) Right then, shall we move on? Yes, before I do any more bad impressions. Yes, quite a few this episode already. Track number five now, this is Portrait. there which is track number five uh, i've got one word for you dan mm. the killers uh two words for you dan the killers <laughs> i've got one word for you will why uh, it's just got that anthemic build-up to it that you hear in a lot of killers tracks also it's another price production katie it's a pricey affair <laughs> definitely katie um, and of course, yeah, he has worked with the Killers, hasn't he? We did the Day and Age album, so that would make a lot of sense. I didn't hear that on the track before, but now you've said it, I can definitely see what you're hinting at. What do you think of it, Dan? So obviously, we're at a ballad now. We've got to a, a ballad moment. I mean, and on a Take That album, you do have to have at least a couple of ballads. But with that price production, I do really like that it's not 
completely stripped. It's not, you know, too depressing, for want of a better word. Uh, and I think actually with the bop, 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 and all that, which I did completely out of tune, rhythm, and everything else there, uh, almost <laughs> had a, a sort of musical quality, like musical theatre quality to it. I do like the bop, bop, bops, actually. Uh, but I Can you do them any that... better than me? something else that entirely isn't it but i didn't see that musical comparison until you said it we just we teach each other so much don't we oh every day working with you is a learning experience i mean you taught me how to love that's something i'll never forget uh you taught me how to turn the other cheek when you're letting one out. Uh, who's singing on this one, Dan? Uh, so mainly Gary, and then you've got those wonderful harmonies when Marky and Howie come in. Marky, ah, our Mark and our Howard. I mean, Mark, I mean, they are all, they all do seem like lovely lads. Gary is, of course, the more serious one. He was he was a bit like he was um, became a bit of a Simon Cowell character, didn't he, when he did his stint on the X Factor? But now he seems to become the People Prince once again. Oh, who's the people's princess these days? Uh, mm, certainly not Megan. Uh, Kate? Kate? Oh, no, that's the actual princess, isn't it? No, I'm getting yeah. confused. Uh, who's the Lisa Scottley. princess? Yes. No, she really is, I think, yeah. More to come from Steps soon on Track by Track. And do let us know who you think the people's princess is at Track by Track UK. And uh, gold star to the first person that says Dan. Oh. Track number six now. This is going to take us higher than higher. So that was Higher Than Higher. It is such a shame that we're not recording in person together because I had this wonderful plan that I was going to make some space cakes and not tell you. And so just through the episode, you'd be eating these brownies and getting higher than higher. Uh, and it would just be a really lovely time. But um, I would not COVID. complain about that at all. Well, I'll, make, I'll send you some. Uh, from past experience, it does help to be uh, off your head when you're spending time with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So behind this track, we've got some new collaborators and new to this album, uh, Mattman and Robin, who we spoke about previously when we talked about Carly Rae Jepsen. They co-wrote Run Away With Me, Gimme Love and Favourite Colour With Her. They've also worked with Ellie, Brittany, Dua and Celeste. Uh, and also Joe Janiak, who has worked with Hertz, Sigrid and Marina. Do you remember the Kelly Bryan from Eternal track, Higher Than Heaven? Oh, God, yeah, I loved that song. That's what I think about when I see this title. I think, didn't quite recently... Oh, no, Pop Music Activism put the follow-up single online, which was never released, uh, and she was absolutely chuffed with the uh, reception that got. She's on Hollyoaks now, you know. Yes, she is. She's uh, in the preposterous Channel 4 soap Hollyoaks. I don't watch it myself. No, me neither, but good for her for um, having a... A good job, I suppose. Having a second oh. wind. Yeah. <laughs> Will, what do you think to this song? 
Uh, it's not one of my favourites on the album, but I do like the marching beat to it. Yes, I agree. It's this is not one of my favourites. I can, as a fan of this album, I can quite confidently and happily say that. Um, it's quite minimalist. It's kind of that weird echoed production thing going on. It's kind of ballad esque, but still quite electronic and experimental. Um, but I do like towards the end when the sort of choir parts really come in. It makes it really nice. And again, it makes me think it could be quite musical theatre-y. And I'm quite surprised, Will, that this was actually a single, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the third single and it got to number one on physical sales only. I must stress that. <laughs> you wouldn't want them to uh, take any joy or anything like that from that. Oh, no, you? no. I'm just being very transparent that uh, if you were just looking at physical single sale, this got to number one. It's funny now because when you do see... You know, there are so many different uh, charts, aren't there? The physical sale, there's there's like the, um, there's the streaming one, and then there's the, oh, what is it? When it's just kind of how popular the song is, and I don't really understand it, how it all works. A buzz chart. Nowadays, that's, yes, buzz chart and buzz tracks. But a lot of the the bands that we love, and a a lot of the more, uh, I don't want to say heritage acts, a lot of the older acts, quite often they will go to number one on physical sales. So they have to put that in the charts. You know, we're in number one but then they have to put on physical sales. And you know what? Good for them, because it's all about having that album in your hand, isn't it? Uh, Yes, it's nice to have something in your hand from time to time. Uh, Dan, I'd love to get HRH Rob Copsey onto the podcast to talk us about through the nuances of charts these days with some fascinating facts and some great numbers uh, in a track-by-track special investigation. (laughs) Special investigation. I would love that, Will. Uh, Rob, if you are listening, please do get in touch with us um, at Track by Track UK. Hashtag Special Investigation. Or it'd be like, um, what's that programme called? Uh, oh, Rip Off Britain? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm, I'll be uh, Angela Rippon, you could be Gloria Hunniford, and well, uh, Rob could be the other one. To be honest, I thought Angela Rippon and Gloria Hunniford were the same person until I first saw that programme. Really, they are broadcasting legends. They've kind of so mer- how da- in my how mind. dare you? Well, how ac- apologies. How dare you? Sorry to uh, to you, to the listeners, uh, to the Rip Off Britain team, and specifically to the other one whose name I can't remember. She's called Julia Somerville. Actually, oh. let's move on. Track seven now. I like it.
So that was I Like It. And Dan, I do like it. It's a very, uh, really ticks my electronic boxes. Oh, I don't want to hear about your electronic boxes. Do you keep the boxes or do you just take the toys out? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. I knew you'd like this. I mean, this one is a Stuart Price production, so it kind of, it would have been strange if you didn't like it. Um, but I can see why you do, because it's it's kind of, it's got a bit of, it's the electronics mixed with the guitar and the bit of edge that I know uh, you do tend to like as well. And dare I say it, I know she probably won't like this, so sorry, Alison Lovey, but a little bit gold frappy as well. I think she's... Uh, been more displeased with previous uh, likenesses, mentioning no <laughs> names whatsoever. <laughs> Rachel <None> of, Stevens. <laughs> uh, and none of none of these mentions have been in any way meant to insult. No, not at all, not at all. So as well as Stuart Price on this one, you've also got John Shanks uh, co-writing. John has worked with Take That since they got back together on Beautiful World and other albums. Also, he worked on Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway album, which is on the long list, isn't it, Will? Yeah, also Stevie Nicks. Mm. So I was just taking a glug of my jug of wine. Uh, but yeah, this is a great, fun song, another uplifting one. Really like the strange voice in the middle eight. Who is it? I don't know. If you do know, answer's on a postcard. P.O. Box something, Leamington Spa. I actually wonder, Will, do you think this could have been a single? Should it have been a single instead of Higher Than Higher? It's certainly one of my favourites on the album, if that counts for anything anymore. Mm, no, not really. But I would think I would say so, yes. Let's go into track number eight now. And this is Give You My Love. Just around the corner, make sense of it all when we're together. I see you surrender, put your hands up. So that was Give You My Love there. I love Howard's voice on this track. This is the thing. Howard has got a really great voice. And who can forget, never forget? Well, no one. That's that's the main rule of the song, I suppose. But that he sounded great on it. It was a huge hit. He's done some other really great lead vocals, Mancunian Way uh, from Beautiful World. But for me, actually, Will, this is one of my least favourite songs on the album. And actually... On the album before this, some progress, he did Affirmation, which was my least favourite. So I don't know why, but for me, it, it's just not getting the big hits. I think Gary's jealous because of how big Never Forget was, even though he wrote it and got all the oh, money. Oh, Howard, don't take it purse, don't take it to heart. But yeah, the vocal's great. What about the song for you, Will? Uh, I do like the kind of... About it. I don't know what that was. was it like yeah. dupe by dupe or was it Cotton Eye Scat, Joe? Or Scatman. Just... Scatman John. Oh, that was your nickname, wasn't it, back in your clubbing days in Berlin? And not, and not because I like to sing. No. <laughs> um, this is another Stuart Price production. What I, what I do like about the production actually of this one is I think it sounds a bit like a 90s album track that's just been given a polish, a bit like on the Odyssey album that they released, the sort of greatest hits that were remastered and repolished by Stuart. I think it sounds like that, even though it is or was a brand new song of the time. 
whenever you say like repolished, I always think of a... <laughs> like you repolishing that Oscar um, statuette you've got there. Repolishing your Oscar. Quite vigorously. Uh, speaking of which, oh no, we'll come on to the album artwork later. So track nine? Yes. And this one is Freeze. With a little bit of work and a little bit of conversation With a head full of hope and a bit of your self-belief Yeah Is it asking too much to rely on your imagination? Am I asking too much to remain in your company? Stop so that was Freeze. I really like this one, even though it is one of the more like middle of the road sort of ballad like songs. There's just something about Gary's voice, the production, which is uh, Greg Kirsten on production there. It, it's kind of got a, a hint of, um, and I don't, I can't put my finger, it's making me think of someone specific and I can't think who it is, but it's like a, a Bruce Springsteen or a George Harrison or some, certainly an older gentleman. And it's the beat that's really making me think that. But I think it's oh. a really gorgeous track. It's gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. And Dan, you do love an older gentleman. Well, I think old gentlemen are cute. You just want to look after them, don't you? Oh, you do like um, Alan Bennett. <laughs> Come along, mother. Come along, Will. What do you think <laughs> of the song? Yeah, I know what you mean about this track. It's very charming and very infectious, but... I can't quite put my finger on why. I think it's all in the lyrics, the vocals and the production, like any pop song. <laughs> <laughs> Just copy and paste and repeat for the next four songs. Um, but if you, nail, but if it, you nail the lyrics, the vocals and the production, then you're basically there. So You've got a hit. I really, there's something about the build up to the chorus as well with the pianos. Uh, pianos, yeah, there might be more than one, who knows? And also just the, the visualisation of Freeze and how they sing it as well. It's just, I think it's really, I think it's a, a, a hidden take that gem. Ah, oh. and Dan, can you, off the top of your head, can you think of any other hidden take that gems as an expert that spring to mind? I was listening to What You Believe In early today from Beautiful World, which is really lovely. I love, oh, actually, do you know what, Well, We've got further listening coming up and I've got a real favourite, all-time favourite, take that hidden gem from that. Oh, tell I will say though, it's all, it's all oh. coming back to me now from the Everything Changes Celine album. Dion. Tra- oh. <laughs> uh, the meatloaf version because of how I'm feeling, because I get, can't get my breath because I've eaten so much lately. Uh, I might have a heart attack actually mid-episode, Will, but just pick me up and dust me. Oh, you can't because we're remote. Oh, I don't That's know. fine. I'll finish the episode off and after that I'll let your uh, dearly beloved know. You'll just have to finish off for both of us, Will. Happily to do that. Happily do so. Uh, but the track from Everything Changes is Another Crack in My Heart, which is stunning. Track number 10 now. This is Into the Wild. Into the Wild there. Will, that is one of my favourite songs on the album. I agreed. I would say it is a great track-by-trackable comparison. 
I would say this is Take That Untouchable. Oh, that is really interesting. Imagine an extended version of this then. Mm. But this song ends and you it's almost not quite enough. You, like, you, like you say, you could have it a six minute version would be absolutely lovely. Very welcome. Do we, do we need to elaborate on Untouchable for anyone who's maybe a Take That fan listening to this who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about? So Untouchable, Girls Aloud album track from Out of Control. Uh, that was a incredibly epic and glorious uh, track that was just about six and a half minutes and a little bit more uh, of wonderful. It was butchered to boogery as a radio edit uh, because I guess they realised it was a fan favourite and decided to release it as a single. It should never have been. It should have been left as a brilliant, epic uh, album track. So it's interesting you said that, Will, because on my notes here, I've put, is this the single that got away? Do you think this should have been a single or do you think no, it's No, I think it's one of, those, one of those album treats that you uh, enjoy on the album. And if you're a casual Take That fan, knickers to you. <laughs> Quite. In fact, I think I said that about uh, a track before about the single that got away, but this one, I really mean it because I do think it is. I think because of the whole Into the Wild thing, I'm imagining a video, the music video, where it's quite Tarzan-esque. Maybe the uh, the boys are in loincloths or whatever you call them. Oh, well, there's, there's something to think about on a cold winter's night. Uh, so behind this song, you've got Gary Go again, uh, co-writing, and also John Martin, who has worked with the likes of Swedish House Mafia and Martin Garrix. And I think you can definitely hear his sort of EDM electronic dance influences on there, can't you? You, you can. Love Swedish House Mafia, by the way. Like, yeah, I don't think they're on the long list. They really should be. We should really mm. put a donk on track mm. by track one day. Um, oh. And it's produced God, yeah. by Stuart Price. Track 11 now. Flaws. Will, I imagine that's your favourite song on the album. What a great time to look at the fantastic album artwork. And I love this design on here. This is, I referenced it earlier, but it looks like the shadow reflecting, because uh, you're looking at aerial view down on the three lads. It looks like three Brit Awards. Oh, yes, it does, isn't it? I didn't pick up on that before. But this is the three of them. They are stood there and this is the uh, kind of incredibly detailed and uh, multicolour shadow that they're reflecting on the ground which I guess is a reflection on the album itself. Quite. Uh, I do, I likewise, I really like this cover. It took me a while you know, I'm a bit slow to pick up on things so yes. I think when I first saw it, I think it was just silhouettes of the lads stood behind some uh, clink film that had been spurted with some paint or something like that and then I saw the uh, smaller images of the lads. And I guess the, the shadows of the three lads are forming the three formation as well for the album title. So nice, clever little bit of work there. Uh, and Will, let's talk about flaws. Let's talk about some of your flaws specifically, actually. Oh, yeah. So I've got a sort of pine uh, effect in the hallway. I've got a laminate flooring in the kitchen. I've got a lovely bit of carpet in the bedrooms and the living room. 
and, and some lino in the bathroom. Oh, you can't beat a bit of lino. Although those stains are quite stubborn, aren't they? Yeah, it was uh, beetroot juice, honestly. And <laughs> uh, well, what do you think to the song? <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. Need, just... need I ask? <laughs> but what do you think? Uh, I do think it's, you know, you have to give Gary his proper ballad moment. Um, and, and this is it. And I think it, with all of that in mind, it's quite beautiful. It builds and it lifts and um, it it's uh, really well produced. It's produced by John Shanks. Um, it, yeah, it's not my favourite song on the album by any chance because there's some really good, uh, upbeat, more experimental, fun stuff here. But I think it's a great ballad. Good. Well, if you enjoy it, that's good. Oh, you're you're quite a selfless person, aren't you? I am. I am. So we're on to the last track of the album proper. And Dan, this is what you said uh, that time when you were making up the numbers on the five-a-side football team for the chip shop. Uh, and in the changing room showers afterwards, when the boy oh, from Lord. the chip shop fell over because he slipped on some shower gel, uh, as you were helping him up, you whispered in his ear, get, get ready, ready for it. For it. Get ready for it. So that was the last track on the album there, Get Ready For It. Uh, I think it's a fitting end to quite an epic stadium pop album, Dan. Definitely. I wholeheartedly agree. It's You cannot say it's petered out, can you? It's so uplifting, this one, so dramatic. Uh, it will come as absolutely no surprise with all the drama in the song that it was written for a film. It was written for uh, The Kingsman and... Early reviews said that this could have been as big as Rule the World, which is just a stunning uh, take that song and huge for uh, the right reasons. Um, but this, I, I swear I saw a music video of this, but I don't think it was actually released as a single, Will. No, you must have been imagining things once again. Once again. what? No worse than you imagining me in the shower rooms with a boy who's just slipped over. Uh, I think it's that's an interesting way to interpret what I said. Well, as the song was playing, you said to me, you've been thinking about that all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you do like to use my own words against me. (laughs) (laughs) But this song, so behind this song was Steve Robson, who he began his Take That career on Mark Owen's solo album, In Your Own Time. That's the one that he did after Big Brother, uh, which had Four Minute Warning on it, which is fantastic. Uh, And then he went on to co-write songs like Shine, uh, obviously Massive Anthem and The Circus, amongst many, many other people now. And it is produced by the aforementioned Shanks. Shanks? John Shanks. Uh, Do you know, I really fancy a lamb shank for dinner. I don't know why. I was thinking I want to listen to Shanks and Bigfoot, Sweet Like Chocolate. Ah, so that's the end of the album proper. But we've got some further listening, haven't we? We have. have. Yes, we have. Yes. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) We're absolutely spoiled for choice, Will, as well, because this album was released as a special edition. 
And there was also a Google Play Deluxe Edition, which had three, uh, two additional songs and a remix on it. And then in 2015, it was released uh, with four new songs on it as well. So, so much choice. Uh, and Will, I would love to invite you to go first. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go with one of the songs from the 2015 edition. And this is the wonderful Hey Boy. Dan, I think that's the best thing we've listened to all episode. Wow, that's interesting. What do you like about it? Uh, it's got some eight brilliant 80s synths and electronic influences to it. It's got a, a brilliant chorus, and I just love the get out of my head. Um, I think it just starts off, and I love the kind of almost semi monotonous first verse that leads into a more uplifting lead into the chorus i also think it's a great song for our times as well yeah definitely i have to say when the song was playing i I said as well when this was first released i wasn't a big fan at all i just for some reason i just didn't get it uh and so i I don't i don't get it i don't get it uh but playing it in the run-up to this episode i really really enjoy this one i love like you said it's very 80s influenced uh it's great production it's greg kirsten again on this one and it's the same writing team as these days um, and I, I distinctly remember actually they performed this on TFI Friday when that came back for a short while. Did you see that performance? Uh, it's funny because you would never have gotten a take that on TFI Friday the first time around. No, definitely not. They they did become I don't know if you call them relevant or acceptable or cool or whatever, but they certainly proved themselves. Also, Dan, if there are any uh, club uh, clubbers listening, uh, there's Seventh Heaven remix of this, which is just. A high energy dance pop heaven. Homework. Yes. Dan, what have you gone for? So I'm going to go for something from the special edition of the album. This one is Do It All for Love. So that was, I would do it all for love, brackets, but I won't do that. <laughs> it's funny because before we did the thing about, um, it's all coming back to me now, didn't we, or something like that, which was written by the same guy. So this episode has been sponsored by Jim, what's his name? Not Jim Henson, Jim Steinman. Jim Henson was the Muppets, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, this <laughs> one, I, Something about this song, it, and, I, and I'm quite flippant with saying it's my favourite song ever, it's my favourite Take That song ever. This is one of my favourite Take That songs ever. Certainly one of my most listened to Take That songs ever. I just think the combination of Mark's vocal, the the build-up to the chorus, and then how uh, certainly later on in the song, the last kind of minute probably, the, the production values on that, which is John Shanks again. I love this one. What do you think, Will? 
I wouldn't say I was immediately gripped by it, but it does have a very slow build-up, and the last third is very epic. I can see fireworks in my head when that last part of the song's going off. We're out, We're of, out time. of time. Uh, well, so. this has been a surprisingly fun uh, journey through Take That's Three. Yes, um, our second Take That episode. Thankfully, there are many more Take That albums, Will, that I would love to take you through. Uh, but let us know what you thought to this one, dear listeners, at Trap by Trap UK. I would love to go through Take That and Party, to be quite honest with you. Actually, I do think we've done two later ones. We really should go back to the beginning. So mm. that's, uh, that's for next time. Have a look and see when there's a tenuous anniversary and celebration attached. I can always find a, a tenuous link. So we are back on Saturday with our new music drop. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up on our next episode of Track by Track Popper? Popper next Tuesday. Popper's o'clock. Uh, it's not Popper's o'clock at all, actually. We are celebrating the debut album from an iconic uh, British girl band, a three-piece girl band, an ever-changing lineup. I've said too much, haven't I? It's not Atomic Kitten. <laughs> well, it might be. No, it's not. We are both really looking forward to this episode, aren't we? we? In fact, we've been looking forward to this episode for a long, long time, actually. Yeah, and we've been, we've, we've already started harmonising for some of the songs, so uh, brace yourselves. Uh, uh, yeah. Do let us know what you think about Take That's 3 uh, and also this episode uh, across our social media platforms at Track by Track UK. And we would love for you to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Keep it positive. It's getting towards Christmas time. Yes, we do like to have our egos fanned at Christmas. So until next time, I've been Greg Kirsten. And I've been Stuart Price. Oh, what a Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Already glugging back that wine. Uh, How dare you? That's my second glass. Yeah, big, big glass. Uh, No, because the camera does add 20 (laughs) litres. Is it a box? <laughs> yes. Sucking it out of the box. I'm just pretending my Glastonbury is carrying it around like a colostomy bag. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Put it in a backpack with a sucky straw. Yeah. The, why? You know, the colostomy bag. Uh, either or. <laughs>